0: Hello, and welcome to Extra Point, a USA Today sports podcast where we explore issues beyond the field of play. I'm Nancy Armour, your host for this episode, and I'm joined by Olympics and investigative reporter Rachel Axon to talk about doping, specifically the hack of the World Anti-Doping Agency's website and the release of personal medical information of several U.S. athletes, including Venus Williams and Olympic gymnastics champion Simone Biles. Rachel, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So... What exactly happened with the WADA hack? Can you walk me through what happened and and why this is a big deal?
1: So uh, a group calling itself the Fancy Bears Hack Team uh, posted uh, online on its website uh, on the, uh, I guess it would have been Monday, Tuesday, whatever day it was, um, some information that it had accessed through the WADA database, which the acronym for it is ADAMS. And that information was uh, on the athletes you mentioned, plus uh, Elena Del Don, obviously a, a basketball player uh, on the, on the U S uh, women's national team. Uh, and it uh, in some cases, was uh, positive tests. In some cases, it was uh, uh, what's called a therapeutic use exemption or a TUE. I'll probably say that a bunch, which is basically, uh, you know, underwater rules when an athlete can uh, fill out information and request an exemption to use a drug which otherwise might test positive or, 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 or is a banned substances. Uh, they have to have a medical reason. There's a, there's a process to get that. And so that information was released for those four athletes, um, on the on the Fancy Bears site, and you can you know go there and read the language of what they're saying. But they're trying to demonstrate that there's some sort of corruption and that American athletes are being uh, allowed to dope. Uh, what happened later was WADA confirmed that this was authentically a hack. You know, confirmed that that these documents had been accessed from their system. They said the Fancy Bears team is a is a Russian uh, espionage group. Um, they believe that this happened through spearfishing of an IOC account that was created for the Rio Olympics. They say it's contained, but this is also the second um, such instance of compromised information in the past month. Uh, They've alerted law enforcement. Uh, Fancy Bears itself has promised this is just the tip of the iceberg and there's more information coming. Although I just checked their site a few moments ago and there's nothing new. Um, So that's that's where we stand. Obviously, the athletes involved are uh, not happy about this and uh, have released statements. The uh, IOC and the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency have said that these athletes have done nothing wrong. There's there's no doping violations here. So, um, a lot of issues coming in up in it. Uh, that it's it's not really clear where it'll go. Uh, but this is this is obviously going to be a, a big story for a while.
0: Well, and there are a couple of different issues to this. I, I, you know, first of all, let's get into why do athletes even have their personal information on this website? You know, it, it, I had somebody ask on an, an email, you know, don't they realize that any any of their information can be compromised? Well, yes, they do. But why do they have to put their addresses, their their cell phone numbers, and all of their medications, et cetera, on this website?
1: Well, the short answer is they have to if they want to be an athlete at the national level um, because the, the system Adams most typically is used for whereabouts. So the most effective means we have of anti-doping is to just randomly drop in on athletes and test them, you know, not necessarily at a competition. You know, if you fail a drug test at the Olympics, it's, it's, it's an IQ test, right? Like, you know, it's coming, <laughs> right. it's on the calendar. Uh, you didn't, you didn't wean yourself off your doping regimen. Um, and so out of competition testing is, is a huge thing. So these athletes are required to, you know, while they're active, uh, you know, put their, their whereabouts where they are at all times their contact information so that if they are going to be drug tested, uh, their personal information is in there, you know, a therapeutic use exemption. If you have a TUE, you might test positive. The you know the documents released by Fancy Bear uh, show Simone Biles testing positive for Ritalin uh, during the Olympics. And she has had a longstanding exemption for uh, for those drugs because she has ADHD. She came out afterwards and said, "I've had this for a long time since I was a kid. I've had an exemption. I value clean sport, and so um, that's why that information is there." I, th- I think the concerns are you know, like your doctor needs to keep your information secure, how secure is, you know, WADA keeping its information.
0: And what can they do? Because as you mentioned, this was the second hack of their system. And and the first one, let's be honest, was actually even more concerning because it involved the Russian whistleblower, Yulia Stepanova, and it the hackers were allowed to or or got access to where she had been, she and her husband had been staying and they were in a secluded location because they feared for their safety. Um, So what can WADA do to make sure something like this doesn't happen again and doesn't affect more athletes?
1: So that's a good question. And uh, I I am not a hacking expert, so I'm going to try to explain this as best (laughs) as I can understand it. But my understanding of the case of, of the step of Yulia Stepanova, so she just by way of background for people, she was a, a Russian runner on the national team, uh, provided uh, collected and provided a lot of the evidence that formed some of the water reports that ended up with uh, concluded with the Russian athletics team being banned from Rio. She and her husband Vitaly Stepanov, who also worked at Rusada, you know, fled Russia a couple years ago, and they had been living in an undisclosed location in the United States. So the way her account was accessed is that some Someone accessed her email and then used her email to most likely kind of reset a password on her Atom system. Now, that's upsetting in her case, because they've been saying for a very long time that they're concerned about their safety. And because she's still an active athlete, she still had to tell WADA every day, or I don't know how often they actually submit the information, but WADA needed to know every day where she was so that she could be tested. So they immediately moved. Um, the, the same issue uh, applies here as. I understand that the spear phishing hack would have been, you know, what looks like a legitimate email to the email account for whatever IOC uh, person was was associated with this. You know, you click a link, then they take it over and then they can access your Adams account. Um, so those seem I mean, part of that the user needs to be a little bit more skeptical, Um, you know, like your bank's probably not going to contact you and ask you for your social security number type thing. So that's part of it. What we know beyond that is actually really limited. WADA said uh, after they acknowledged that this had been hacked, that they were working internally and externally to secure up their systems. They said they don't believe other information has been compromised or that whoever has done this has, you know, just running around in their databases. But I do think that there's plenty of reason to be skeptical, skeptical because this is now, you know, it's, and they've, they've opined uh, that this has been kind of repeatedly happening, uh, you know, since kind of since the IOC decision about, about Russia. So um, I think we'll have to see, but, if, if I were an athlete, I mean, these are questions I would be asking of, of the people governing uh, anti-doping and sport that, you know, this is my personal information. Why aren't you keeping it secure?
0: And as you pointed out, it's not it, 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 just saying to WADA, OK, fine, I'm, I'm not putting my information on your website. That's not an option for these athletes, not if they want to continue competing. Um, one of the other questions that has been raised is when is a positive test not a positive test, Um, or when is doping not doping? Because as you mentioned, some of these athletes were, they tested positive for what are normally banned drugs, but they have the therapeutic use exemptions, TUEs. Can you explain a little bit more that, you know, how, how do you know when somebody is doping when they're trying to cover doping, and when they actually need some of these drugs that are banned?
1: So, as you can imagine, this is getting a lot of tension on social media and in the Russian media of the things that I've been reading. And the the difference is, if you're taking a banned substance without a TUE, then it's assumed that you're you're seeking performance enhancement. If you have a medical reason why you need a banned substance, and let's be clear, the banned substances list is like hundreds of substances. So there are medical needs for which you might need it. Just as a perfect example, if you're someone who has asthma, right? If you're an athlete with asthma and you're on this level, there's a lot of medications for asthma that have uh, different sort of steroids in them. Now, you may need them to literally breathe, but you would also test positive for them. So that's why WADA has this set up uh, where athletes who have a medical condition can apply for this. Their their TUE applications are reviewed by a medical board and then decided whether those are granted or not. Um, and you, you know, the, the, the point is openness and disclosure. And on social media, I'm seeing a lot of comparisons to Maria Sharapova. Right. And I think there's a, a, a very big key distinction to make here in that Maria Sharapova never saw a, a TUE, as far as we know, when she was asked about her use of... Meldonium, for which she has now been given a two-year suspension, she did not disclose it on doping control forms. So, you know, let's say I'm Maria Sharapova and I'm going to compete in the U.S. Open, or, or or any other tennis tournament. You you get a doping control form that says, you know, what have you taken in the past, like, seven days? And they want to know everything from, right. you know, I have asthma, so I take this inhaler, to I had a headache on Tuesday, so I took two aspirin, or something like that. Like, you're, you're supposed to be clear. And she did Didn't didn't divulge it. There, almost no one on her on her team or or that she works with knew. So I think there's a big difference of, um, you know, when you're when you're requesting to use a drug for a medical reason versus using something without that sort of preliminary approval. Uh, what there's obviously a huge difference in what happens when you test positive. And there's probably there's definitely a worthy discussion to be had about um you know, how liberally or not TUEs are granted and how easy or not easy it is to find a doctor who will say, oh, you have X, you need Y. And, you know, it's some sort of, you know, false premise to cover up doping. But what we have in the documents that fancy beer linked don't show that those athletes necessarily did anything wrong.
0: Right, because as you mentioned, the the drugs that Simone tested positive for, or she had TUEs for, are, are if you Google them, they're they're used to treat ADHD or ADD. Um, Venus Williams has a immune disease, immune uh, immune system disease, and those drugs are what she tested positive for. I believe Elena Deladon um, the yeah, drugs, Lyme are disease. what she takes for Lyme disease. Yeah, so these are it's. Yeah. Th- Go ahead. Well, and I don't. I don't know
1: that the drug that she tested positive for was was for Lyme disease or for something else. I mean, she did just have thumb surgery, so um, who knows what it was related to. But my point would be in terms of the Fancy Bear hack that these are not a representative picture, right? Like these are select documents, and it's very hard to come to a conclusion when you only have some of the pieces right um and it's not you you know certainly it raises questions and we should be skeptical about these things and we uh should question question these types of things in the system but you know for an athlete to have to go in the media and justify taking something that anti-doping officials have said that they could that seems a little bit off
0: and, and we got statements from both the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency and WADA yesterday exp- expressing their great displeasure at this hack.
1: Yes. Yes. And I mean, it, it's very, I don't know, I, I think what's getting sometimes lost in these, because it, it, I don't remember the Cold War, <laughs> I'm <sure it's> much, <laughs> that, much worse than this, but there are definitely um, – you know, attitudes between the U.S. and Russia, and and we've seen this play out through the extent of this whole doping scandal involving, uh, you know, Russian sport, that... Uh, you know, USADA has been one of the most outspoken uh, critics of of the investigation, uh, of response, of all these things. Not the only one, but a, a loud one, certainly louder because we're here. And if you read Russian media, media it's very much, you know, why can't our athletes compete but Justin Gatlin can compete? And I think what's getting lost is there are a lot of really good questions about – our anti-doping systems and where they're adequate and where they're not and what those changes need to be. And it just seems to be, uh, you know, not, uh, here's the problem. It's, you know, the Russians are cheating, the Americans are cheating and, and, you know, kind of nobody's watching the watchers. Uh, and so it, that, that, that needs to be in my mind, the focus of the discussion, not that the, these things are important. If an, ath- an individual athlete is doping, of course it is, but, you know, you have these these American athletes kind of pulled into this who, you know, don't seem to have done anything wrong, and now we're not discussing uh, systemic issues that. Might make actually everything better.
0: Well, and it was interesting today too because um, much of the discussion about the the Russian doping crisis has been how much of the it was state sponsored. Um, the allegations that have mm-hmm. been made is that it was it was it goes to the highest levels, and when the Fancy Bear ha- hack happened. People said, oh, it's it's traced to Russian operatives, and Russia said, no, it hasn't. And mm-hmm. there was a very, very interesting and, and somewhat disturbing exchange this morning on Twitter between a BBC reporter and the Russian embassy. Um, so if you think that it's not involved state organizations – that alone should tell you something. What, um, what was that? I did not see that. What was that? Oh, I thought I messaged you that this morning. Um, yes, the 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 Twitter account of the Russian embassy. Um, and let me look it up specifically. But it was it posted a cartoon um, and about this and the hacking and, and basically pointing out you know what they consider the hypocrisy. Uh, it was the Russian embassy in the UK, and so it had. Um, one of the reporters from the BBC, Daniel Sanderson, who has reported on anti-doping and, and has been involved in this, um, had an exchange with him, which was—I it, it, mean, it was—it was really kind of stunning because, like I said, it was—you know—people said, "Oh, it didn't involve." Um, uh, the Russian government and you know here you have the account from the the Russian embassy in the UK having mm-hmm. a back and forth with him um, that like I'll just read you a couple of the exchanges um, the 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 cartoon that was first posted was it's a it has wada a person carrying a, a sign that says wada and it's got Obviously, drug testing samples on top of the sign. And then it says um, there's a, mm-hmm. a uh, one and then the Olympic rings and dollar signs. And then it has people carrying bags of money. And I'm assuming it's supposed to represent the U.S. and some other countries. And it says the um, it says, released WADA AMA files show U.S. athletes' use of banned subs- substances was tolerated and covered up. Uh, and then it says quod lyset jovi, which I'm assuming means... Something in Latin, which I don't know because I didn't take Latin, but you did, so maybe you could tell me what that means. <laughs> this is a long time ago.
1: This is like a half a lifetime ago. We'll,
0: um, we'll Google that. But... Yeah. And then, um, so the. Uh... Okay, according
1: to Google, cod licet jove means it's a shortened part of a phrase that translated mean what is permissible for Jove is not permissible for an ox. So meaning I think they're they're poking at why is it okay for them but not uh, for others for
0: others yes um, and so then like I said then there was the exchange with the BBC reporter um, well I'm looking at it, it
1: now and they're they're asking a question of um, and I've seen this a lot actually on social media about a question about whether tuE should be public information or not right and I don't know in Certainly, in the West, that would not be a standard that that we would have, right? Right. Um, that uh, you know. Uh, let, let's take this a step further. You know, Simone Biles has said, and she, I think she, we talked about this. I think she has said before, "I have ADD, I have ADHD." Um, I don't, I don't think that was like a huge secret. No. But what if someone had some sort of medical diagnosis for which they had a TUE, that was very private, or potentially embarrassing, or you know right. what I mean. Um, the, the the notion that these should be that they are being kept secret is a is a false notion. It's a I think uh, privacy is kind of the default here when we're talking about people's medical and health information, uh, and and there's no reason why we should have that. I think, available for every athlete who has a TUE anywhere in the world. I'm not just saying that for American athletes. I mean, that that notion of this was all some sort of secret that they've revealed is – uh, I think, misguided.
0: Yes, and I I would agree with that. Um, okay, I finally found that. It was Daniel Sanford, so S-A-N-D-F-O-R-D. Um, he reposted okay. the, the cartoon from the Russian embassy and said, leak was nothing to do with Russia, of course, dot, dot, dot. So then Russian embassy UK comes back, where's your indi- indi- indignation? Are we sportsmen taking banned drugs? Or it's just fine unless they are Russian. O, o for objectivity. Um And like I said, it goes, I mean, it goes back and forth, um, several times and he, you know, Sanford said there's a system that allows athletes to take medicines for medical conditions. And the Russian embassy said, and keep it secret. Um, and then he he said, if you stick your personal personal medical records all up on the Russian embassy website, then we can talk further. Um, and then they came back and said, so the world should know about Russian sportsmen taking banned substances, but not Americans, okay? Uh, and then there's the whole reference to the hole in the wall in Sochi. I mean, it's it's pretty stunning given that this is a government yeah. entity that is you know going back at right. a, you know coming back at a journalist. So it's um, if you look, it's uh, Sanford's. Twitter account is, um, at BBC Daniel S Yeah, and there you can find the whole exchange on there. So like I said, pretty interesting. Um, well, and I think things like,
1: certainly this is interesting, but I think, um, you know, as you mentioned, the Russians have denied that they, that, you know, they were behind this sort of hack. I, you know, I assume, or I would hope, uh, you know, we know that WADA has notified law enforcement. I hope that Mm -hmm. they would have some concrete proof before they would say that, and that this might be pursued um, through those channels. But when you consider these types of statements, or when you look at the Russian media, the statements there, or what you're talking about, this the, the embassy in the UK arguing on Twitter with a reporter, um, it just makes me think back to the report that WADA released in June about testing and the obstruction of testing, and when we saw the IWF ban the athletics team, there was all this talk about a culture of... Um, you know, not accepting anti-doping and a culture of doping and all these sorts of things. And they're not fully back. Like the the, the Russian athletics team remains banned right. until the IAAF does something more. Right. Right. And so to have your elected leaders or your government representatives arguing in this way, it's it's not helpful. And I, I understand their their point. Every country should be treated equally. One country shouldn't be able to get away with things that other ones can't. And that's, that is like, you know, the ideal at the core of of WADA. I think it's very hard for them to argue it when you look at the weight of the evidence that, uh, that they have have been held to account for something that other ones are not. If right. there are other countries that are are systemically doping, let's investigate. Let's find them. And if that's the United States, let's investigate. Let's find them. I don't think anybody's saying that. But when they've been when so much has been inform, so much information has been revealed about the extent of doping in the country and uh, the the systemic nature of it, it is not going to help them to sort of come back into the fold on these issues uh, by continuing to kind of point the finger the
0: other way. Right. And we've talked about this many times before. There, you know, every country has dopers. There are American athletes right now who are doping. You know, let's just put that out on the table. It's it. That is part of elite sports. It's just that's a given. But there is a big difference between an athlete here and there, even, you know, a coach with a stable of athletes here and there and a state sponsored program that the government is running and, you know, actively promoting. So there's a big difference, but, you know. That is to be resolved at a, uh, another time. And as you mentioned, the track team is still banned. And it, you know we've got the Paralympics going right now. And the Russians are not competing in the Paralympics mm-hmm. because they've been banned by the the International Paralympic Committee for the same uh, transgressions that were outlined in the the um, the report that you know the IOC decided. No, we're going to let the you know the Russians compete in in Rio, but the Paralympic Committee said nope, not welcome. So they're not in Rio right now. So. You know, I think that probably is also playing a part in this. And
1: and there there remain and there remain other issues, you know, weightlifting, the International Weightlifting Federation banned Russia. And and they have much stronger rules in place where they were able to say you've had enough positive tests uh, by our metric. You're not competing. Um, So that hurts things going forward. And and I don't think this is completely off the table yet that um, a an Olympic ban for 2018 could be considered. Now that of course depends on, you know, the McLaren investigation is ongoing, right? But we know already from the McLaren investigation that at the last winter Olympics, this happened and all of the samples from Russian athletes, they are, are being retested. So if those come back in a, in a way that shows the extent of, of a doping system, then you know, this is not just like, oh, Rio's over and Russia right. gets to come back and play. There are still a lot of issues. Now, maybe it exonerates them. Maybe they test everything. Well, I mean, they're probably, probably going to test everything and find nothing if they're swapping urine. But,
0: right. you know, there, there's but more they can investigating look at the bottles. to be done. Yes, they can look at the bottles right. and see if they were tampered with. Right.
1: There's more investigating to be done. Um, and so, again kind of the, the the posturing uh is at best not helpful right uh, at this point right
0: so to wrap this up um where do we go from here what what are the next steps what can we expect in the coming weeks because as you said just because Rio the Rio Olympics are over does not mean the fun and doping is
1: uh I think it's possible I mean the Fancy Bears hack team has promised more documents I think it's possible those might come out uh, now that law enforcement is involved. Maybe not, but they have said so. Um, as I mentioned, the McLaren report is, or the McLaren investigation is ongoing. They obviously re- released the report in July, um, and they are continuing to run down information on uh, what they had that they were not able to get to in their short time window. Um, and then there's a lot of big structural questions about anti doping and where it goes. Uh, to that end, WADA is hosting a think tank next week to kind of plot this out. The IOC has a summit in October, which this will be a, A big part of the discussion, Uh, you know, WADA is continuing to work on compliance reviews and investigations. So maybe we see more of those crop up in other countries. Um, I mean, that's certainly the point of that. Uh, But I think the big question is you know, does anti-doping become more independent? This is something that IOC President Thomas Bach has proposed uh, a long time ago that it should not, you know, uh, we should not have international sport federations making decision, decisions about uh, results management for doping of their athletes and that WADA or some some third party needs to be a neutral sort of arbiter here where it does all the testing, it decides the sanctions, those sorts of things. Uh, that is very much on the table um and who i mean if that were to happen it's going to take years to kind of uh turn that ship but uh it's it's obvious that the 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 doping problems uh persist in our current state many people have said the system is broken needs to be fixed and so now that the olympics are done i think there's going to be a lot more focus on what that fix is
0: all right well, Rachel, thank you very much for, for joining me today and breaking this down. I'm sure that this will not be the last time we discuss this.
1: <laughs> it probably won't be. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> Remember that you can follow Rachel on Twitter at at Rachel Axon. I'm at at NRArmor. And, of course, all of our coverage is on the USA Today sports website, which is sports.usatoday.com. Thanks for listening.